You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present... Atomic Tales! Stories of science, mystery, and excitement. This episode features the latest installment in our fantastic original series, Strange Invaders. Tonight, agents of the U.S. Science Bureau head to Reno, Nevada and go toe-to-toe against a colossal menace they never imagined in... Attack of the 50-Foot Femme Fatale. Join us now as we present another in our continuing series of... Atomic Tales! Well, there's something you don't see every day. Agent 7 remarked as our Studebaker ground to a halt in the outskirts of Reno, Nevada. Ahead of us, sirens blared and the sounds of crumbling masonry and twisting metal echoed through the dust storm. We'd been headed to Lake Tahoe on a routine investigation when we'd gotten the emergency recall signal. Radio interference had left us with no idea what kind of mess we were driving into. What is it? I asked, hopping out, the swirling grit still obscuring my view. As the billowing yellow clouds parted, Ruth pointed to the source of the disaster. A 50-foot-tall naked woman wrecking a small U.S. city. That's what. I stood stunned for a moment as a giant pinup girl, bare as the day she was born, strode through Reno's two- and three-story suburbs, knocking structures over like they were made of a child's building blocks. She had dark, shoulder-length hair, spectacular curves, and legs that went all the way up. Almost literally. Not what I expected, I finally replied, trying not to ogle. Reflexively, we drew our automatics and chambered around, even though we hadn't had much luck with small arms against giant creatures lately. Do me a favor, Ray. Seven said as we watched the destruction. Yeah? What? Let's get through this assignment without a ton of body-based jokes. I'll do my bust, er, best, Ruth. Ruthless Ruth Donlevy, otherwise known as Agent 7 of the United States Science Bureau, smiled. Okay, maybe just that one. Ahead of us, the Amok model continued stomping the biggest little city in the world, growling and moaning unintelligibly as citizens fled screaming before her. She'd reached some larger buildings now, and neon casino signs burst into showers of sparks at her touch, filling the air with the reek of ozone and acrid electrical chemicals. The Bureau is going to have a heck of a time explaining this one away. Seven observed. Right now, we have a bigger problem to solve. Any suggestions? Call in an airstrike? The berserk beauty toppled the marquee of the prima donna casino. The five-leggy showgirl sculptures on the sign barely came up past the towering brunette's knees. Bombing seems a pretty drastic solution, I replied. She's still a human being. At least, I assume she is. Unless she's some kind of robot or something. Never seen an android that big. Or that lifelike. I hadn't either. If they could make robots this good, Reno and Vegas wouldn't need real showgirls. So let's not blow up something, or someone, whom the Terragons might want to study. Besides, I mused, there's something here that seems familiar. 
Because of the giant bugs we've been fighting the past few years? That's not it, I said as the oversized bombshell splashed knee-deep through a hotel swimming pool. It's hard to tell from here, but I feel like I've seen that figure before. Too many nudist magazines? Seven laughed as she pulled a pair of pump-action shotguns out of the Studebaker's trunk. Damn it. These won't do much good against something that big either. We should have the department equip every car with a bazooka from now on. I'm not against that proposal, but right now I'm counting on you to dope out some plan with the equipment we have handy. Ruth was the agency's field science expert. She climbed into the car, laying one shotgun on the seat while keeping the other in hand. Then get us closer, Ray. I'll come up with something along the way. I hopped in, and we sped into the city proper, rocketing through the dusty haze, dodging the ruins that the 50-foot femme fatale left in her wake. Any chance the local office will send reinforcements? Seven asked. I shook my head. They're still understaffed. What about Wild Bill? He moved out here, didn't he? Yeah, he and... Ray, look out! I swerved, just as a gigantic foot toppled a two-story brick building next to us. The edifice exploded into rubble as huge pink-painted toes came smashing down onto the street. Normally, I might have admired the shapely leg that foot was attached to, but right then, I was too busy trying to not get killed. As the mammoth gals' ground-shaking gams strode past, I managed to skid the Studebaker to a halt. Falling bricks had dented the champion's sleek black finish, but the car's USA steel kept me and Ruth from injury. She shook her head and laughed. You and wrecked cars. Hey, you blew one up yourself last time, I shot back. Never mind that. Seven replied. Our near collision has given me an idea. I think we should try to cut this titanic tootsie off at the knees. How? By ramming her. Will that work? I asked. We won't know unless we try, but if we can knock her to her backside, she should be easier to subdue. Okay, here goes. I hit the accelerator and gave chase once more. Swerving to avoid rubble became my main occupation as I drove, though broken fire hydrants had made the road slick as well. When the lumbering lady turned onto East 4th Street, which runs straight through much of the city, I knew we could build up some serious impact speed. Want me to drop you off? I asked Seven. Not on your life, she replied. Hang on then, I said, pressing the accelerator to the floor. The champion's eight cylinders roared to life, and we rocketed down the pavement toward our oversized quarry's hindquarters. We braced for impact. At the last moment, the 50-foot woman swept down one gigantic hand and swatted our speeding car away. Seven and I screamed as the Studebaker spun, twisted, toppled, and finally skidded to a stop on its roof, up against the side of a ruined five and dime. You okay, Ruth? I felt pretty shaken, but nothing seemed broken. It's my uh, brother whose nickname is Roughhouse. She replied, righting herself and kicking open the crumpled passenger side door. Not me. The driver's side door was jammed, so I crawled out after her. Scratch one more car, I observed. And our shotguns, too. Seven added, examining the weapons that had broken during our tumble. Lucky that wasn't us. Not too lucky. Look! As Seven spoke, the gargantuan pinup turned, as if noticing us for the first time. The fatal femme's brunette locks billowed like a fright-wig halo around her pretty face. Her blue eyes blazed green with feral anger. Clearly, trying to ram her hadn't put us on her Christmas card list. 
time for that airstrike? Seven suggested. If the car's radio still works, I agreed, reaching into the upside-down heap. Hold her off if you can. Seven took careful aim with her automatic as the giant stomped closer. If I can drop one of those power lines on her... Suddenly, a battered agency Studebaker screeched to a stop between us and the impending disaster, and Agent 8, Wild Bill Hayes, stumbled out. Reinforcements, I cried. Nice timing, Bill. I hope you brought a bazooka. Seven added, still aiming for the nearby wires. Stop. Eight shouted. Don't shoot. What? Why? Seven replied. Bill halted in front of us, panting as though he'd run a marathon. Because that is my wife. What? What? Ruth and I blurted. How did that happen? I asked. Eight shook his head. I, I don't know. Something shook the house. And I woke up. Donna wasn't in bed. I looked outside and... He gestured toward the Amok giant, stomping ever closer. Then he turned and loped between us and the rampaging Titan, waving his arms and calling, Stop! Donna, stop! It's me! It's Bill! He looked like a doll before the monster who'd once been his wife. I figured he was done for, and Seven must have too, because she kept her aim trained on those power lines. But astonishingly, the 50-foot woman stopped. She said, her booming voice shaking the dust from nearby buildings. Yes, it's me, Bill, your husband. The giant wailed. The earth quaked as she fell to her knees. Bill, who'd been injured during a recent mission, limped over to where she knelt. Titanic Donna picked him up tenderly. Bill. Oh, babe. Donna, baby. What happened to you? She didn't answer, but her river of tears seemed unlikely to drown him. The threat was over, for now. Well... Seven commented with a wry smile. You said you thought you recognized her. We met a few times, I remarked, though not in similar circumstances. Somehow, Bill managed to talk his enormous bride into returning to their home in the hills outside of Sparks, a small city nearby. Seven and I drove Bill's agency car to the place while Donna carried her husband. Some clever calls from our Reno office kept the National Guard from rolling out to destroy the monster before the four of us escaped. The colossal woman spent most of her time sobbing before finally dozing off next to the home's in-ground pool, which was now barely a bathtub to her. Ruth and Bill found some tarps to preserve what was left of Donna's modesty, while I got on the horn to HQ to help start a cover story to explain away the mess. Janice in our communications office was going to have to cook up a doozy of a counter-narrative this time. Well, what now? Bill asked as we gathered poolside, serenaded by the gentle rumbling of his gigantic wife's snores. I shrugged. Got any bright ideas, Ruth? Agent Seven chewed her lower lip. Nope. We'll get in touch with the Terragons. Figure it out, I offered, trying to sound more confident than I felt. Maybe they can come up with a cure or something. Agent Eight moaned. Jeez. I hope so. I mean, I like a full figure, but... One thing's for sure, Bill, I said. Your home life is in for a big change. Hi, this is Klaus Holm, and I'm the creator of Tempest Investigations. It's the story of the immortal private investigator Jim Corrigan and his friends in San Francisco. If you want to listen to it, you can check out on TFN, Creator Distributed, Fan Supported.
This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of Atomic Tales. Brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions. Tonight's episode, Attack of the 50-Foot Femme Fatale, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. It was produced, edited, and read by Christopher R. Mim, who also played Agent 1, Ray Tyler, and featured Stephanie Mim as Agent 7, Ruthless Ruth Donlevy, Joe George as Agent 8, William Wild Bill Hayes, and Julie Fay as Donna Hayes, the 50-Foot Femme Fatale. Be sure to tune in next month for more Atomic Tales. Please support the films of Christopher R. Mim at SaintEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at PaySteve.com. Join the conversation at the Monster Conservancy at SaveMonsters.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2022 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. This is the Saint Euphoria Audiocast Network.